topic which, as much as it interested the king of Khuzar back then, it's still a major topic which needs explanation today, and that's the topic of Karbanas. We obviously understand that uh, Karbanas, at least when we had the option of bringing Karbanas, played a very central part in, in Jewish life. There was a Karban Talmud every day, there was a Karbanas Tzibur every Shabbos and Yom Tif. Every time a person did something wrong, there was the Chattis and the Asham. There was always the options of bringing oilis and the uh, various occasions in life, Yeledis, whatever it would be, there were Karbanas for that also. So it wasn't just time a Mitzvah. Karbanas, like I said, were played a very central role. And what's the point of a Karban? Why do we need to bring it? What does it give Hashem that we bring him animals, whatever it was? So we began to talk about it last time, and uh, now we're going to Hashem, address the topic. Uh, in detail. So let's first see the question of the Kuzari. We're holding in Maimar Hashani, Ois Chafei, and this is his question. Amr Kuzari Yasmik Ibn Yadzeh, what we spoke about, the matters of Eretz Yisrael. But the Eretz Yadzeh Shetakharibli, Masha Karasi, Bukarbanus. Bring it close to me, explain to me. What we learned, I read about the Karbanus, Masha Yiksar Asaykh al Kabri. What the intrinsic difficulty in understanding the concept of Karbanus is Masha Amr's Karbani Lachmili Ishai. Hashem says the carbon is lachmi, which means my bread, it's my sacrifice. Reich nichoichi is there to provide a certain pleasing aroma to me. And understanding is, why does Hashem need it? Why does Hashem need a carbon? What's he missing? What is he gaining from the fact that we're bringing him a carbon? Okay, before we address the specific angle that Kuzari is going to take, let's widen the discussion first. And we're going to see that there's three uh, general Mahalchim in the Rishonim to how to approach Korbanus. Three general Mahalchim how to approach Korbanus. Um, each one is, they bring each other and they argue with each other. We have the Mahalach of the Rambam, who repeats this many, many times in his form, the Rambam's understanding of Korbanus. The Ramban, uh, a number of times in the Torah, in spiritual Torah, brings the Rambam and he argues with him in this week's last week's and again in Pashas Vayikra. Uh, we'll see what he learned. And then we have a third Mahalach, which a number of other Rishonim and Achronim, we're going to see, explain the concept of Karbanas. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Well, like I said, before we get to see, seeing which one of the three the Kuzari goes with, because it's somewhere in the middle, we'll see what the, the, the very clear three days in the Rishonim are. The Shittas Aramban, which he says, like I said many times, is that the whole institution of Karbanas was La Fuki from Avodazar. Because the Ovedah Vodazara used to bring Karbanas, because of the, their mistaken belief system where they felt that uh, a god was something physical which had to be fed or had to be catered to, whatever it would be, and therefore people felt a certain sense of Avodah in dedicating things for Avodazara. So the Torah takes whatever was used for Avodazara and gives it a different direction in Ruchnis. And therefore, the Mashmoos of the Rambam is, is that the whole Vodas HaKarbanus was there, La Fuki, from what the Ovedah Vodazara would do. And he explains this. Just the Tafka, the Karbanus, parts of the carbon which were brought, uh, the blood and the Khalev, were those things which the Ovedah Vodazara used to use. And therefore, it was a way to, so to speak, uh, take things away from their association of being used of Vodazara, and instead give them a kasha at that they're being used for Russia. That's what the Ram says in Marina Vukhim, like I said, a number of times, it says in other places also. And uh, the Ramban, a number of times in the Torah, quotes this Rambam, 
and he attacks it for three main reasons. Number one, this is what he brought in last week's parasha, the carbonus were there before the Avodah was on the scene. We find an original border carbon, we find Noyach after the Mabel border carbon. There was no, no Avodah Zarah at that stage. So it wasn't that the, they were coming in the or to take it away from the concept of Avodah Zarah. On the contrary, this was at the right, right, right the beginning. Similarly, the, the Ramban asks that it wouldn't be such a central thing if it was just coming in the Chokeh from Avodah Zarah. Then it would have maybe a smaller role to play in Yishkaif, but the fact that everything is with the carbon, every uh, Yom Tif, every major event, Karbanus, it's much, it's much more than just coming up from Avodah Zarah. And the last point is he brings Psukim that you see even the Asid Lavoi. When the time of Mashiach comes, they're going to be Karbanus. Right? Like the Psukim said before, he mentioned the Pasuk here a few weeks ago. That the mincha, the carbon of in the future will be pleasing to Hashem, and that's in a generation, that's in a world which is post the Vedasar. So, if the whole point of Kabbalah was just as a balance to what the other Vedasar were doing, why will these things be necessary? And that's why the Ramban has particularly sharp language to use about the Ramban. He disagrees with the whole concept, and therefore, what's the Ramban's mahalach in explaining Kabbalah? The Ramban says that Be'atzim, the Karbanos are there for the benefit of the person. He talks specifically about the Karban Khatas, that's where he ex- explains it the most. And the Ramban says that the carbon, content of a Karban is a Tzmura for the person. It's coming instead of the person. And he just gives the Khatas as an example. Really, a person who sinned against Hashem in a serious severe, he should be the Karban. He should do Kapara by, so to speak, sacrificing himself. And the idea that I can bring something in my stead the concept of Tmura. And in place of me, I'm bringing the carbon. And the feeling should be when I see my carbon being shafted, and I see my carbon being burnt in the fire, is really I deserve this. And therefore, the Ramban, when he's talking about the Chato, says, therefore, watching the carbon being brought, being brought, it was a very powerful uh, catalyst for children. Right? I think this should have happened to me. Now, this idea of a carbon being in place of the person already, we find by the Akedah already. And the Ramban says it there too. And we find by the Akedah that Hashem Kirwin assault Avram not to shecht, not to bring up Yitzchak, Avram looked for a replacement. And he found the aisle, and he said, this should be instead of my son. So what I would have done to Yitzchak, I'm doing to the aisle. And to a certain extent, it worked. We talk about the fact that like, Hashem sees the ashes of Yitzchak. Yitzchak never got burnt. But since the aisle came and stood in Yitzchak's stead, so we, made it, we see it as, as if it were Yitzchak. And that's the same thing by every carbon. The concept of the Ramban, the point of Karbanus is it graphically, so to speak, is a way to use something to replace the person in, I mean, he's talking specifically a chait, but other Karbanus as well. If a person wanted to elevate himself, so instead of sacrificing myself to Hashem, which obviously is what Hashem wants, he doesn't want human sacrifice, but I'm bringing something in my stead and saying, Akkadish Baruch this is in place of me, whatever carbon is going to be. And therefore, again, the Ramban explains the concept of Karbanus as being a means for a person to either understand, appreciate, or connect to the concept of connecting to of avoda. Is it a gesture or more than a gesture? It's more than a gesture. The concept of is, 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 is the Kedusha transfers to something else, so it's as if this thing was in my place. So it's not a gesture, it's like a person feels this is... It's Kedusha punishment. It's Kedusha, right. And that's why he also explains that. It's like a power in Karbanas. Right. Whatever the car, each carbon would have its own meaning of exactly what is why it's replacing the person, but that's the way the Rabbani explains. There's a third Mahalach. Mahalach, the one I saw the most clearly in, is Rav Chaim in, in the end of Nefesh Chaim. He has a number of 
Likutim, like connected writings of Chaim Benajna, he explains them as clearly. It could be once we understand the aside that we'll find this idea in Rishonim as well. And the way he explains the concept of Karbanis is the third way. And that is, he explains like this. I'm going to give a marshal, and this part of Kazari actually says also the same marshal. Let's give a marshal. Right? When we're talking about a human being, and we talk about the fact that a person is a combination of a physical body and neshama. In order to stay alive, a person needs the connection between his body and his neshama. That's, that's, life is the connection of the two of them. When the two of them separate, the body stays here and the neshama goes to wherever it goes to, and the person is no longer alive. Now, the question is like this. In order to stay alive, a person needs to eat, a person needs to drink. The Gemara says if a person has enough time without food, drink, he's going to die. And you know, the Gemara that it's understood, that's obvious. But now the question is, if you ask yourself the question, really, why does the neshama need food? Why does the neshama, the neshama isn't a physical thing. So why do I need to give my neshama food to stay alive? Okay, you know, if a person thinks, if I don't eat, if I don't drink, uh, my neshama is going to leave, so what, my neshama needs the food? It doesn't. Neshama is not a physical thing. And the answer is exactly the opposite. It just person has to get used to thinking the other way around. It's not the neshama which needs to stay alive. The neshama is alive either way around. It's the body which needs to stay alive. When the neshama leaves, then the body dies. The neshama stays alive wherever it is. So the idea of a person needs to eat is to really to keep his body alive. Because without that, then the neshama will leave the body, and remember the body will die, not the neshama. So it's a physical thing to keep the physical part of him alive. Now, why did HaKadosh Baruch create the world like that? And how does why did Hashem create the world in such a way that a person needs to eat in order to keep himself alive? Now, the reason, we say that, we not even do have a reason for this, we say it in the bracha. We say in the bracha, Baruch Hashem. We say Hashem is Baruch Hashem's rabbi. Hashem creates many living things. And He creates them with their chesaron, with their lack. No living thing is self-sufficient. It doesn't make a difference if the living thing is a plant, or the living thing is an animal, or a fish, or the living thing is a person. No living thing is self-sufficient. Everything is going to need to take in light, air, moisture, nutrients, food, or water, whatever it's going to be from somewhere else. And why does Hashem create everything with a chisaron? Why does Hashem create self, so to speak, sustaining living things? And like we say, I'll call Masha Barasol, everything He created, is to give life to everything which is alive. Why? Because Baruch Because that makes the person realize that he's not a source of his own life. If a person would be self-sufficient, you think, I'm a self-generating life. I don't need anything else. I don't need to take anything. I'm, I'm, I'm good on, on my own, so to speak. I don't, I'm not missing anything to stay alive. But the metzias of a human being, or any animal or creature, is nothing can sustain itself. The way Hashem created it is everything needs some kind of outside source of sustenance which teaches the person <coughs> that he, isn't, he, he, can, he can live but he can't generate life. It has to come from the outside. And therefore, it directs the person to Hashem. It is a source of life outside of a person. So yes, a person needs to live. A person needs to eat in order to live. And the eating or the drinking when you're talking about physical things is what's sustaining the person's life in the sense that it's keeping the body alive. Good. Now, you can understand the marshal, which is 100% true. Let's talk about the nimshah. The same relationship of the neshama to the body is the relationship of Hashem to this world. 
the life of this world, the Chayi Ho'ilamim, is the fact that there's a connection between Hashem and this world. If Chas V'Shalom would happen, the uh, connection would be severed, then this world's going to disappear. Not Hashem. This world needs a life. And if that's only living as much as connected to Hashem, the point of the Karbanas was the food, so to speak, which maintains the connection between the world and Hashem. So yes, Hashem used the terms, my food which I eat. But just like the body, a person needs to eat not to keep his nasham alive. The person needs to eat in order to keep the body alive. Then the same idea applies. If you want to keep the shechin in the base of Mikdash, you need to bring Karbanas. But the Karbanas aren't feeding Hashem. The Karbanas are feeding the world. The Karbanas is, so to speak, the food which the world needs in order to remain connected to Hashem. And why does it need that? Because just like we said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't create a world which is self-sufficient, that your person needs to eat, it's not a source of his own life. The way to connect this world to the Shekhinah is to use this world to serve Hashem. If a person is not using this world to serve Hashem, then it's a world which has no connection to Hashem. So then it detaches. And if that's the case, there's no, there's no connection. The idea of Karbanas is how a person can use this world to serve Hashem and Adrabah. That gives life to the world. That gives a reason why the world needs to be connected to Hashem. And therefore the Karbanas was the way to use, to use items which come from this world as a way to connect this world to, the, to Hashem. Now, this answer, I think, best answers the questions of the Rambai. Why did Adam Rishon bring a carbon? Why did Nayak bring a carbon? Why was always that the first thing to do? The, the world of Adam Rishon when he began in Gan Eden, the world post the Mabal of Nayak, the first thing is to bring a carbon. The answer is exactly this point. If you want to connect this world to Hashem, means you have to show in some way that you're using this world to serve Hashem. Then it has a shaykhis. Then there's a connection. And how are you going to do that? The avoidance of Karbanas was a way of using things in this world to serve Hashem. Whether it was inanimate things like the water or the wine or the oil, whether it was plants like the menachos or the bikurim, whether it was animals. Whatever level of life it's going to be, but Lamaisa, we're using all the elements in this world as, as a means of avoidance Hashem. That creates a life for the world, so to speak. It gives the world meaning. It gives the world a connection to Hashem. So that's the third mahalach of how to explain the Karbanas. Again, the, Ram, the Rambam's mahalach is lafugit from Avodah The Ramban's mahalach is for the person to feel that this is replacing him. And the third mahalach, called the Nefesh Mechaim, even though once you understand it, you could find this idea in Rishon and Makhla Kazar, you're going to see. Uh, and third mahalach is that it's the means of using this world as a way to connect to Hashem. The common theme with all three answers of how we're going to explain the Karbanas is we're not giving Hashem something he didn't have. Hashem doesn't need the carbon, and if Hashem wants it something, it's not, he's not relying on us to give it to him. Right? So it's not giving Hashem anything. It's in whatever sense it's going to be, it's, uh, whatever sense it's going to be, it's uh, a way for us to connect through the carbon. So we're going to explain this as a shamus. The first, the, the, the most, the obvious question is carbon ilachmi li'ishai. The carbon ilachmi my food or my bread or whatever it's going to be. So in the it's true. Just like a person's food. He needs food for his body. So Hashem said the world needs food. This is the food that you need to provide for the world. The reyach nichoichi is what it gives Hashem. Is that, and like the Gemara says in Zvachim, that above, that if things are being used to serve Hashem, that provides, so to speak, the, 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 the framework, the setting for the Shekhinah to come. So that will be a connection. Just so that the Rambam shouldn't sound completely 
uh, not understandable, right? I don't want to be married now and explaining the whole Shittas Rambam and why Tachbir is coming to from Avodah Zarah. But on a deeper point, this is what the Rambam meant also. Not in the simple sense we just said it now. And that is that it's a way to connect the body and the Sham. It's a way to connect the world to Hashem. But this is what Avodah Zarah was doing wrong. This is what Avodah Zarah was doing wrong. Right? Because the Rambam starts with another point. And that is, Be'emes is a person can, use, can serve Hashem as a person. A person himself can be the, the means, to, so to speak, to serve Hashem. Like today, when we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. So what in the world is being used in service of Hashem? Us. Us, people. So why do we need to use animals? Why do we need to use other things? Why not just leave the Avodah Hashem in the domain of what people can do? So this is the, 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 a bit more the Oymek, what Rambam is trying to say. And that is, it's true. In a perfect world, the fact that the person serves Hashem would, would, could be enough. But once everything is being used, other things are being used against Hashem, so to speak. Now it's important to it's important to involve everything in the Avodah Hashem so that it doesn't become something which is used as a means against Hashem. And that's what Avodah Zarah was doing. It was using physical things in a way that was, if anything, uh, distancing Hashem from this world. We tried to counter that influence. <coughs> Again, the, the, the best example of this is the Korban Pesach. The Korban Pesach. This is in Fursh and Chazal already. That, uh, I'll, I'll show you a Gemara. The Gemara in Psachim. And it's a very strange Gemara. A very strange Gemara. The, with the Ram, we can maybe understand it a little bit. Obviously, we'll have to explain it with everybody, but a very strange Gemara. The Gemara says that when they used to shaft the Korban Pesach, we're talking about tens, if not hundreds of thousands of animals being shafted in the same afternoon. Okay, so there was a fortune of blood. Fortune. Blood. Of all the, all, all the carbon beds of being shafted. Now, the Arzara of the Beis Amigdash had a natural drainage. The Gemara talks about the, the Nachal or the, the, the Amos which went through the Azara and they, it was used as a way to clean Azara, to drain Azara. When it came to Erev Pesach, the mission tells us in the seventh prayer of Sakim, there would be Pokekim, there would block it. That way there wouldn't be the natural drainage, so the, the, the whole floor of the Azara would be ankle deep in blood. We'll be ankle deep in blood. Now, it wasn't by chance. We did it for Dafka. We did it for Dafka. We Dafka blocked the drainage system of the Azara so that the amount of blood on the floor would go up and the cone would be standing in blood. Why would we want to do that? So the Gemara says in Psachim, Shevachuv l'nearon that they should be halchim at krasalein v'dam. It's a shevach for the Quran that should be walking ankle deep in blood. Why? Why? So it brings a pasuk. He washes his feet in the blood of the Russia. That's the Gemara Mzachim. And the Gemara makes very little sense. Who's the Russia? The Koran Pesach is the Russia? What do you want from that Pasuk? But the Pasuk needs explanation anyway. What's the, what's the matter of washing one's feet in the blood of the Russia? But we're talking about Korbanas over here. What's the connection between the, the dam of the Russia and the Koran Pesach? So, Again, the Gemara is this is obviously a site in this Gemara also, something Kabbalistic, but that's not what I want to go into now. I want to explain the Quran And that is, the idea of Korban Pesach was the avoid Zorah of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim worshipped the concept of the sheep, and the avoid of the Korban Pesach was Sheikh the avoid Zorah of Mitzrayim. And if Kaisha wanted to show that they were willing, they were able to go out of Mitzrayim, 
they had to break the connection to the, so to speak, the domination that they felt under the under the God of Mitzrayim. Shech the Pesach. It's only coming out of Mitzrayim. So there was a carbon which was really Shechting of Erezar. It had a dual purpose, the carbon Pesach. It was a carbon, but it was making a carbon out of an Avodah Zarah. This is one of the examples of the Ramim's rise. Right? It was using something which was for Avodah Zarah, turning it around. It's not a God in its own right. I'm using this to serve Hashem. But now there's a certain Chiddush over here. Because as opposed to a carbon which you look at as Kodosh, everything about it is Kodosh, everything is Me'ila, we don't touch it, we don't have anything to use it in any way because it's all Kodosh. When it comes to carbon Pesach, there's a second element also. We consecrate to Hashem something which was an avoid desire. And therefore we want to show Dachka by the carbon Pesach that it's not just the carbon Hashem. It's the victory in avoid desire. We want to stand in the blood of the Pesach. Because that shows that what was the avoid desire, we're trampling it. There's both halakim. It's a carbon on the one side, and we're throwing the blood in the Mizbech. But at the same side, there's an Indian to show that we want to, that the idea here was to subjugate the avoid desire. This is one example. But uh, that, that's just an example of the Ramam site. And that is that it was coming to take something of Avodah Zarah and use it to serve Hashem. It's just to break, so to speak, its connection to Avodah Zarah. Not like just the channel of the masses. <coughs> so that... Maybe one more minute to explain this idea a little bit better. Um, the Gemara says, in the Gemara I'm quoting the study base of the Gemara is an amazing thing. The Gemara says that the Antoninus asked Rebbe, why does the sun set in the west? Why does the sun set in the west? Now, the, the Mephoshim asks, what do we want the sun to do? It, uh, it's a cycle. It goes up, it goes down. So what exactly did you want to happen? But uh, without going to what the Havimina might have been, what you might have wanted, but you ask the question. Uh, the sun goes up, it reaches its highest point, the zenith, and it sets. It comes down. Why? So, the simple Mahalach is, He's just asking a practical question. Why in the West? Why not in the East? You know, when the world spins, why this way around, not the other way, the counterclockwise, why not the other way around? So actually, the, the Rebbe says, the Gemara brings the answer. Why does it say in the West? Because of Tzva Hashemayim Lechom It says uh, the hosts of the heavens, the sun, the, sun, the moon, the stars, Lechom they bow down to you. Since the Shechin is always in the West, just like in the Besamekdash. The Kodesh Kodashim was in the West, the entrance was in the East. So the Shechin is always Bumarov. And therefore the sun sets in the west, that the sun bows down to you. So from its high point of its maximum power in the middle of the day, it kind of sinks and loses its power as it goes down towards the west. So there's a certain symbolism here that the sun is bending to Hashem. What did Rebbe want? What did Rebbe want? That's the same idea. People worship the sun. People worship the sun. And therefore, it's important to see in what was worshipped as Navayi Zara, Adarab. That's being used to come down, to bow down to Hashem. That's being used in the service of Hashem. And therefore, we said the way of the reason Hashem set up the world, that the sun, from its, from its strength, comes to a point of, so to speak, sinking into the dafka to the west, the direction where the Shekhinah is, is to show this point. It's to show that even something which could be worshipped as having power, as having strength, as having whatever properties that it gives in its own right, but it also bends to Hashem. And that's the same idea that the Ramah wants to look at And that is to use something for Avodah Zarah, it, it, it also is going to be used in Avodah Hashem. It's also going to bend to Hashem. We're also going to shecht it for Avodah Hashem. These are the three, like I said, the three main Mahakam Kabbalists of the big topic. There's much more pratim to discuss in each individual in the of the Kabbalists, but those are the three general ideas. Now, having seen that, let's just see for two minutes, three minutes, 
how the Kuzari starts addressing the points. We'll see he has lots to say, but at least the first point. And he says, Amr al-Khabir. Masha'amr li-ishai. It says, for my fire, miyashir kol kasha. It straightens all the questions you had. For Omer, he says, ki akarbanahu, the sacrifice, fa'alechem, or the mincha, v'reyach anichayach, Hashem yuchasim alai, the reyach anichayach, which it says about Hashem, karbani lachri, reyach anichayachi, which... On them, Hem Le Ishai, they're not for Hashem, they're Ishai, they're for my fire. Rotzelaymar, Haish Hanif Eles, the Dvara Isparach, Hashem Machola Hakarbanis. It's not there to feed Hashem, it's there to feed Hashem's fire. The fire which came to burn the Karbanis. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean? It's true. Akadish Baruch sends down a fire on the Mizbech to eat the Karbanis. And Hashem is saying the Karbanas are Le'ishai. It's there for me, not for me, it's for my fire. And it's there, so to speak, to maintain the fire, as we know. Hashem sent the fire down in his back. It was our mitzvah of keeping the fire going. So whether it's going to be by adding wood to the fire or by putting Karbanas in the fire, whatever it's going to be, we have to maintain the fire. And therefore, the way the Kuzari explains it is, and this I said, it's something in the middle of the two answers, it's there to feed the fire. It's there to feed the fire. What's the point of that? What's the idea of the fire which is here, which has to be fed? Right, the Kuzari doesn't explain much more. He just has one more line. And he says, after the, the, the past is going to the fire, the rest of the Korban is eaten by the Kohanim. The reason of putting fire into the fire, to maintain the fire, and giving the rest of the Korban is, it's setting up a system that the king can be chalde. And this is what I'm saying, to use the expression of Nefesh Chaim to explain what he wants. It's setting up a system for the Shekhinah to come here. And therefore, if the manifestation of the Shekhinah was the fire on the Mizbech, we have three manifestations of the Shekhinah in the base of Mikdash. Maybe one time we'll talk about what the difference is between the three of them. There's the, the Shekhinah which rested between the, with the Kriva and the Aaron. There was the Ner Tamir of the, of the Menorah. And there was the fire on the Mizbech. In those three places, there was the, we see the Chalas Shekhinah. Rashi says it's in the Torah. So sometimes we find that Hashem's spark, the the Shekhinah was felt on the Mizbech. Sometimes in the, by the Melera and sometimes by the Arna Kodesh. There's a difference obviously between them, but these are the three times we, we see of the Gideon Shekhinah. So the fire in the Mizbech was the Gideon of the Shekhinah. And the, the point of the Korbanos was to maintain the Shekhinah there. Not Hashem. Hashem doesn't need to eat. But to maintain the Shekhinah, and it was, what is far has it doing that? So he explains. The Israel Nefesh Achaim. To maintain a connection between body and the Shema, you need to feed it. So something over here. You want to keep the Shekhinah here? So you got, to keep the Shekhinah in the world, you're going to have to provide things from the world which are going to keep the Shekhinah here. And therefore, the constant supply of wood, of kabbanas, of whatever it's going to be on the Mizbeach to keep the fire burning is the way of showing that we're using the items we have here in order to maintain the presence of the Shekhinah here. And that's what the Kuzari says, that the operative word is Le'ishai. The kabbanas aren't for me. It's Le'ishai. It's for my fire. It's an interesting thing. Because this explains the mission in Zvachim, we're going to finish with this, which without this is very hard to understand. The mission says, the last mission of the in Zvachim, definitely from the base. The mission says, L'shem Shishad Varim Zavach Mizbach. There are six kavanas a person has to have in mind when he brings a carbon. One is L'shem Zavach, which is obvious. You have to know which carbon you bring. Is it an oil? Is it a chat? Is what it is. The number one is L'shem Zavach, who we're bringing it for. So have in mind, the person who's bringing the carbon, this should be his kapara, or this should be his oil, or whatever it's meant to be. Fine. L'shem Hashem. That's obvious. We do not bring Fabar Rizar, we bring Fabar Hashem. The Shem Reach, the Shem Nichayach, also we can understand. The Shem Isha. It should be for the fire. What kind of Kavana is that? 
Rashi doesn't explain very much. He says the Shem Ishtar is burnt on the fire. What am I having in mind? It's true, the carbon gets burnt in the fire, but what am I machshava? What am I thinking? I'm doing this so that it should get burnt in the fire. Why is that, why is that important? Because Zari says that in this. It's only Rishon, I think, he talks, he says this, he said. The idea was to make sure that the fire will be here. I'm doing this to maintain the fire because that was the manifestation of the Shechina. And if I'm using things here to keep the Shechina here, then that's the Shem Isha. That was the symbolism of the Shechina which is here. Okay, that's the uh, first part of the Kuzari we spoke about today. As tomorrow, we'll go back to we'll see his marshal of the king and the servants, like how he de- develops and elaborates on this idea of the Kabbalists.